Hi, I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gromos, and welcome to the Backpeg Daily Doha edition number 10. And this is looking back on games played this morning, the first of match day three, and we already have had games filled with drama. This episode is brought to us in lieu of a sponsor by the 12th men of Senegal. The noise that they generated in the stadium this morning was fantastic. The Senegalese fans have been amongst the best at this World Cup. Just, oh, It's been a great watch every single time. It's, it's almost just as good watching them as it is the football. Yeah, well said, Nathan, and great pick for someone bringing uh, this episode of the Daily Doha. I couldn't agree with you more there. Really good pick, because they have been the standout crowd of this World Cup so far, that's for sure. Very interesting results, Nathan, and very interesting games, in particular the Senegal-Ecuador game was really end-to-end and uh, really enjoyable, and just goes to show you switch off a minute and, um, you know, Senegal are through and Ecuador were looking good, but they've gone home. So let's dive into the action. We'll start with the doubleheader at 2am. Qatar nil, Netherlands 2, and Ecuador 1, Senegal 2. We'll quickly go through the Qatar game first, because there isn't too much, I think, to speak about here. The Netherlands just going about their business and getting the job done. They weren't amazing, but they did what they had to do. And three goals in three games for Cody Gakpo now. That was a great strike, the opener, great team goal, and... Yes, the Dutch win the group and no real threat of losing the game. Yeah, the Dutch did what they had to do. They were professional. Qatar did try and wrestle the control of the game from them, but great goal by Akpo again. He's three from three at the moment and um, heads to the top of the Golden Boot as well, joint head of the Golden Boot. Good performance by the Dutch. That, Like I said, just professional, did what they had to do, countered uh, Qatar's attempts to try and um, control the midfield, but uh, the Netherlands were just too good. Yes, Cody Gakpo, another goal for this tournament and adding credence to all the transfer speculation surrounding his future. But here and now he is doing the business for the Netherlands. Uh, Seeing a lot of pushback online for the Dutch team that they're not playing with the most free-flowing attacking football, but really they are just getting the job done and they've topped the group. There's not much else you can ask for this early stage of the World Cup. Tougher test to come, of course, but for now, it's all looking very good for the Dutch. They've done what they've had to do, Nathan. That's all they can do. And a word on Qatar as well. Three games, no wins, no points. At least they scored a goal against Senegal, but all round, massively disappointing for them. Being Asian Confederation champions, this would be a disappointment for them, no doubt. Aside from them being the hosts and trying to put on a, a, a party for want of a better term, even though that's questionable with this World Cup. But from a football perspective, they've just not been at the races. They've just been poor. It's across all three games, and some of the defending on show from from the Qataris has been shocking. The goal that Cody Yakpo scored today, where was the defence? Where was the marking for that goal? Yeah, at the back, they're very weak. They seem to be weak. They've just fallen apart so many times. Their midfield is tried to wrestle controlling games, but they just haven't been at it. Aside from the first game, the first game was an unmitigated disaster for them because they just weren't at it, and that could have uh, Ecuador could have put more goals on them. Yeah, with regard to Qatar and their World Cup, I'm sure they're glad it's over and they can take up their hobby of camel racing with robot camel racing like we covered up <laughs> in our preview. <laughs> yes, back to the camel racing. That's right. Um Maybe they'll be improved for the Asian Cup in six months' time, but uh, that's by the by. Just on that point, they are hosting the uh, Asian Cup again because obviously China's um, uh, relinquished uh, 
the rights to, to hold that tournament. Important to note as well that it was before this past week where there's been a lot of uh, unrest within China. I think it's important to note that. So they relinquished it due to the uh, zero COVID policy, and that's just something that you can't really reliably enforce during an international tournament. Yeah, 100%. So Qatar have got the, um, you know, the, the hosting rights again uh, for, this, uh, for the forthcoming Asian Cup. And yeah, let's see how they bounce back from this. Let's see how they bounce back from this um, disaster of a World Cup. Yes, let's move over to the other game in Group A this morning, Senegal against Ecuador, and the Senegalese needed a win, Ecuador only needed a draw, and it went the way of the African champions. Remarkable performance from Senegal, much improved, and they deserved the win for mine in this game. Ecuador, they've been one of the surprise packets of this tournament in the first two round of fixtures, but today they just didn't turn up at all. I think maybe it was down to a different mentality, a different setup that they only needed the the draw to go through. When I was watching the game, Nathan, I was thinking this is the pressure of just needing one point and actually trying to play for that point as opposed to just going out and playing football. It's funny how this type of pressure impacts on different teams. Yes, and we'll, we'll, this point will be brought up again in about uh, five minutes' time because we've got a, a very similar situation in Group B. Mm. We'll come on to that. Yeah. Yeah, Ecuador, they just weren't able to get anything going, really. And Senegal, as I said, were well worth the win. Great to see Captain Fantastic, as it was said on the commentary, Kalidou <laughs> uh, Koulibaly getting the winner. Amazing 60-odd games for Senegal, and that's his first goal. That's a remarkable statistic that I thought surely he would have scored some somewhere along the line for Senegal. But he saved it all for that all-important moment and, yes, taking his team into the round of 16. Yeah, it's amazing when you think about that stat, that uh, Koulibaly hasn't scored for Senegal before, but he was fantastic. And Senegal, well done. They deserved the win. Uh, they were the better team on the day in this uh, knockout game. Uh, and, and look, the way that this World Cup is set up, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm going to miss this format in the, next, uh, in the next World Cup. This is the best format, and we can t- talk about this on another day, but we've effectively got these knockout fixtures prior to the knockout stage coming, you know. It's just been set up so well. Yeah, I feel for Ecuador. They were a surprise package of this tournament with regards to the way they performed against the Netherlands and on the opening day against Qatar, they played with no pressure. The pressure was there for them today and it, and it told and you could tell the way that they were trying to, to play and they just couldn't get their rhythm at all. Senegal were the better side everywhere. In midfield, they controlled the game. So, no, kudos to, to Senegal and um, can't wait to see them in the round of 16. Yes, and waiting for them in the round of 16 is the winner of Group B. We said yesterday that it was going to be England barring a massive upset. No such case, no such scenario played out. And the first half was looking a little bit like the USA game for England. Nil-nil at the break, but the second half came out and it looked like a different England side. Marcus Rashford with two goals, Phil Foden with one in between. And it capped off uh, an overall good day for England. Very comfortable win for England. Um, yep, going in at halftime nil all, but um, they seem to be in control of the, of the whole affair. And Rashford scoring the first uh, free kick goal of the tournament. Yes, um, we thought it was Sabiri for Morocco a few days ago, but that one got given to Roman Saiz. Uh And yes, no one's taking this one away from Marcus Rashford. It was a, a great free kick. I do have to ask questions, though, of the positioning of Danny Ward. Yes. He was a little bit away from, from 
where he should have been. Stole my thunder there. <laughs> Stole my thunder. And, Bo- and I'm glad that Bozzer actually uh, pointed that out on the coverage, actually, because a goalkeeper cops it on his side of the wall. He's, he's to blame. You know, his positioning is not right. And even for the second goal, he should have come out and actually just, you know, clean that up. That ball should not have gone across this goal. And really, the third goal is well like, Yes, it's a quick shot as a snapshot from Marcus Rashford, but it's come straight at him. It's bounced in off his ankle. To be honest, he should have, should have done better for all three goals. Yeah, Wales were a big disappointment in this tournament. Uh, it, look, I think they were spent after that game against Iran, to be honest. They put everything they could, and Iran just couldn't let them play. They've come out today and, you know, they've tried to play, but there's no way that the English were going to let this one go. Yeah, they were comfortable at the end of it, and... It sets up a round 16 clash between England and Senegal. Tasty. Tasty indeed. We'll give our our full predictions on that in a few days' time because it's only a few days until the round of 16. It's only four days. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday morning, I think. Sunday morning, Sydney time. Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah, Sunday morning is the start of the round of 16. All these games are still going to be at 2 and 6 a.m., which uh, was, was a bit troublesome this morning. Uh, watch, trying to watch the games, but yes, unfortunately, that's what we have to deal with with time zones. We'll move over to the other game from Group B that has just finished, Iran against the USA, and we can just echo a lot of the similar things that happened with Senegal and Ecuador. The team that only needed the draw came out, tried to play for the draw, and they just couldn't get it. Once they went behind, they really did struggle to come out and try and assert themselves because the... Really, momentum's a massive thing in these knockout, high-pressure, and high-intensity games. And once you do start to sit off a bit, particularly for the entire first half as Iran did, you need to come out with the second half with a little bit more intensity, but they just couldn't. They couldn't get anything going. And it wasn't until the last 15 minutes or so where they had the US under the pump. And America was a good value for the win. They deserved to go through. Neither of us tipped America to go through from this group. You said Wales, I said Iran. And... Overall, I think we have to say that they well and truly deserved it. They were good against England. They probably should have won that game. And they deserve the three points today. Oh, totally echo your comments there. You, you, you won't get any disagreement from me. The Americans were uh, proved to be the, the the other best team in this group. You know, they were solid against Wales. In fact, they should probably should have won that game. Yes, Wales did trouble them at times. But against the English, the, the Americans should have won. That was, a, you know, we thought when we were previewing the game, yesterday that it may have been a lost opportunity for them but um it wasn't to be and and they came out and they were the better team and there can be no complaints about that they were they played really well Pulisic with a, putting his body on the line literally to score that goal and you know uh well done to the Americans and uh, the Stars and Stripes are in the final 16. Yes, and a matchup against the Dutch on Sunday morning, I believe it is. Yeah, can't wait to preview that one. I think I've got a sneaky suspicion about that one. Ooh, you got an upset on the cards, do you? Yeah, yeah, I, I can feel it. Wow. I don't know why. That'd be a big story if the US managed to get through to a quarterfinal. They just play with a lot of uh, tempo and energy and speed. Like, I mean, I know that, like, but a lot of tempo and energy. I was lost for words there for a minute. Lack of sleep is killing me, but... With the tempo you and me they, both. <laughs> yeah, with the tempo that they play and the energy that they play uh, and the movement of the ball as well, when they go forward, they look pretty good. The only thing that I would say is I'm not sure... he Berhalter doesn't even know what he's doing with his striking position, with his number nine. So that's the thing that I, th- I think that they need to tidy up. And why isn't Rainer playing? Yeah, great question. He should be coming in. 
he's such a big talent Gio Reyna and I don't know if he's maybe saving him for the knockouts but oh, surely surely you have a plan for Gio Reyna for this American side so uh, what was your highlight of the day or your standout of the day my highlight moment probably was the scenes at the Senegal game that the just the pure elation and the despair at full time you saw a lot of the Ecuadorian players really struggling with the the realization that they are going home and Going home is harsh on the Ecuadorians, as we've been saying. They have been the surprise packet, or one of the surprise packets of this tournament. It is harsh to send them home after the group stage, but that's the reality of football. And it was just pre-relation for the Senegalese. And the 12th men, as we said at the start, they were making so much noise the entire game. Great to see on the coverage, there was a Moroccan fan in there as well, pulling off the same dance moves. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, fantastic. I love the guys in the full, full body paint. With the word Senegal spelled out. <laughs> great. They're great, aren't they? They're there in every game. Yeah. What was your moment, Laz? Uh, look, yeah, I'll go along with that, Nathan, actually. Uh, look, I was going to say Rashford's goal from a football perspective. The free kick, yes, the keeping left a lot to be desired. You know, Ra- Rashford hit it well. He did. And who was your player of the day? Mm, you know what? I've been thinking about that. There's a few options. Yeah, I'm going to go Koulibaly at Senegal. Great shout. Great shout. Scored the winner. And he was pretty impervious at the back. Um I've got a few options circling around my head. Um, thinking Rashford, obviously, because he got the two goals and a great free kick. And nothing to do with the Manchester United influence, no. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you didn't pick Callum Wilson, but he didn't score, did he? No, well, hey. <laughs> I'm trying to be as objective as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Tyler Adams had a great game for the States. He did. Um, yep. But I'm, I might go for Serginio Dest. America, the right fullback, uh, set up the goal for Christian Pulisic. He had so much energy up and down that right flank, and he, he can have my player of the day. And uh, perhaps the Americans will be the surprise of the tournament if you only listen to this podcast. That's right. Perhaps. Uh, we kind of wrote them off, but uh, they proved us wrong. We wrote off all of CONCACAF, to be fair, and they bring it yeah. upon themselves, don't they? <laughs> so <laughs> They might be the only CONCACAF team getting through. I think they will be. Yeah, they will be. Well, they are, because, uh, well... We'll find out a bit more tomorrow with Mexico, but Canada's eliminated and Costa Rica is good as done because they can't obviously uh, beat Germany by seven. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but stranger things have happened. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, it's what was your uh, moment off the field or away from the field? I've got a couple. Go on, hit me, hit me, because I haven't really seen too much from today. Yeah, I was very impressed with Tyler Adams' pre-match press conference and the way that he handled the questioning around this geopolitical battle that uh, people wanted to make out of it. Yes, I did see that question. That was a that was a that was a that was a very fiery question. First off, just completely going off at the American campus saying Iran, not Iran. Yep. And then hitting him with a whole bunch of discrimination points. Yep. But how well did he handle it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, like credit to him and no wonder why he's been made the uh, skipper of the American team so no big tick there well done no very well done and I've noticed that um, the head of the Qatari World Cup uh, committee the Supreme Committee has spoken to Jim White at Talk Sport along with uh, Simon Jordan in a uh, sit down interview which uh, was very interesting Uh, actually uh, heard the interview yesterday and uh, I, I recommend it. Look, it's just for a bit of balance with regards to this World Cup. Uh, I mean, everyone acknowledges the issues that Qatar 
um, has and FIFA in particular has created. So yeah, it was uh, interesting to uh, to hear the uh, the Qatari take on that. And also one last one, we have an update of the story from yesterday about Canelo Alvarez yes. and Messi. Yes, uh, Andres Guardado from the Mexican camp said that, and I quote, we all know the respect that Leo Messi has for everyone. Canelo does not know how a locker room works. I thought what he said was nonsense. Brilliant. I saw that as well. Yeah, great response and good to see uh, him sticking up for his uh, fellow pro. So there'll be no Canelli versus Messi uh, after the World Cup, so there we go. Although I think I know where Canelo can find him if he wants to, can find Lionel Messi if he wants to uh, next year. Mm, a bit closer to home. Very, very, yeah, very close to home. Well, let's move over to the games on tomorrow morning. It is the next round of fixtures from Match Day 3, and we have Group C and Group D that is all to be decided. They've switched the order around. We've got Group D at 2 a.m., Group C at 6. Socceroos. What do we make of this? There's good things coming out. Of, there's positive noises coming out of the camp, but they're you know very low tone uh, as well, trying to keep it humble and and in full recognition of the the giant task at hand. Yeah, this is this is it for the Socceroos. As you said earlier, Lazarus in an early episode, the Socceroos are knocking at the door of the knockout stages. We've only achieved it once before, in 2006, of course, and the Socceroos have a massive opportunity on their hands to etch their names into the history of football in this country. And yes, it's a tough test against Denmark, who are a great side. And they've shown that they're a great side at this tournament and in recent years. The Socceroos only need a point. And what we've been saying on this show is that the teams that need a point, Ecuador and Iran, they've gone out to try and get that point and they haven't got it. So the Socceroos need to go out there, play with the same bravery, the same ferocity, the same resilience that we saw against Tunisia. And yes, it's going to be a tough ask to go and beat Denmark. To go and avoid defeat against Denmark is also a really tough ask. But it is there. It is possible. The Socceroos can do it. Let's go and do it. Let's go and get the round of 16. Yeah, cup final football. Nathan, this is what it is. Now, from here on in, it's all cup final football. Forget the fact that we need a point. We need to go and try and actually get a win or try and play the game to win. So what's going to give Australia the best opportunity to win this game? No doubt the same application and effort required uh, that we saw against Tunisia is required tomorrow. Denmark do provide uh, some other challenges to Australia. We can't, we have to be careful of the turnover of possession and where that, where that occurs. I, I think that there are going to be a couple of changes made. I think McGree wasn't, won't start. Are you bringing Hrustic in? Yeah, I think Hrustic is going to come in. And he might play 60 and then you bring on McGree afterwards. Perhaps that's the way that Arnie's going to go. I think that also Arnie's going to have to play Mitch Duke, I'm guessing, right? But it wouldn't be a bad shout to actually put McLaren, to actually start with McLaren and then bring Duke on in this one. Just with his speed, you know, in, in amongst the defensive line there. You know, just a couple of small changes. Hopefully everyone's, um, you know, recovered well from, from the Tunisia win. But we definitely need the same application, uh, the same effort. And look, we would recognise that Denmark's midfield is stronger than ours. But there's no reason why we can't just um, can't try and contain their midfield, which is what we need to do. Because everything's going to come from their, through, their, you know, through Hoiberg and Ericsson. We know the class that they are. We've just got to be able to count, you know, be able to uh, take on the challenge in midfield there. Because that's where the challenge is going to come. That it is. And... There's, oh, it's there for us. 
if we go out there with the same sort of application and intensity like we did against Tunisia, we can get a result. We can hold out for a point. We don't have to win, but we shouldn't go out there and play like we're hanging on for a point because that's how you get unstuck. 100%. If we go out there and play, okay, minute one, all right, we only need a point, let's sit back, let's just try and defend, we'll probably go and lose 3-0. That's, that's the way it'll go. We need to have our own punches. We need to have we need to have a jab, have a hook, go and try and create something, go and try and trouble this uh, defense of Denmark. Tunisia were able to get some success in the first game without actually getting a goal. They had some chances and they could have taken them. You can create chances against this Denmark, Danish defense and we just have to be good enough to get up the pitch. Aaron Moy needs to have an absolute blinder of a game. He had one against Tunisia, but he has to go up another level in this game because the level of opposition has gone up. Exactly the same thing for Harry Suter, exactly the same thing for Matt Lecky, exactly the same thing for Mitch Duke. They all had good games against Tunisia. They need to go up a level again. That is what is required of them tomorrow morning. Whether they've got that in their locker remains to be seen, but that is what is needed for us to get the all-important result tomorrow morning. Yeah, the critical things are um, the wing, the wingers, no doubt, Lecky and Goodwin, in defence and going forward. Um, the midfield battles, we've got to try and win the midfield, or wrestle control and try and nullify their midfield as much as we can, close up the space and, and, and actually play with the intensity that you've just said there. That's, that's what's required there. And then um, hopefully the opportunities will arise and, and we can be clinical enough to take them. Um, yeah, we can't play for the draw. It's fraught with danger. You know, I think what the, the approach is, is go out for the first 60 minutes, try and, you know, do what we can, yeah, try and affect the result, and then make the changes to refresh uh, legs and, um, and keep that intensity going. I've got a question for the podcast from Ryan, who listens in. He's asking that we'll come on to our Group C preview soon, but if it is Poland that finishes first, can we dream of the Socceroos into a quarterfinal? Ooh, let's get through tomorrow first. <laughs> I, I want to answer Ryan's question. G'day, Ryan. Uh, I want to answer Ryan's question and um, say quietly yes, uh, but let's get through tomorrow first. Let's get through tomorrow first. It's a big call to make. Uh, Ryan goes on to say that they haven't been overly impressive, Poland. I agree with him. Tomorrow's the all-important one. You've got to stay focused on the next game because we can think about a potential quarterfinal, which would be the best ever result for Australian football. But we need to get through tomorrow first. Tomorrow's a tough test. Arguably, the game tomorrow is would be harder than a game against Poland. Yeah, well, yes, yes. What I've seen from Poland, they defend really well and they've got a lethal striker, of course, in Robert Lewandowski, but they haven't shown too much going forward for mine this tournament. They've gotten... Um, they were good against Saudi Arabia in moments, but... Saudi Arabia dominated the game. Poland, they defend well and they take their opportunities. Denmark will be more imposing on a game against Australia. Yep, uh, I agree with you there. Uh, we need to just touch on quickly France and Tunisia. I noticed Deschamps uh, is looking at changing his lineup. Ah, uh, interesting. That's that, and that is the other factor at play here. If uh, <clears throat> if France really do take their foot off the gas and they lose to France, uh, <clears throat> France lose to Tunisia then Australia absolutely do need to go and beat Denmark. Um, that would be a, a major shock if Tunisia were to pick up a win. But as you say, if Deschamps is changing his lineup, some guys coming in who may not be up to speed, maybe that opens the door slightly for Tunisia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, uh, I still see the French winning this one, or at least getting a point out of this and not having to um, not having to worry about it. it, it like, 
unfortunately, I think this will be the end of Tunisia for, for the Tunisians and fortunately for the Australians. Yes, I'm picking a France win as well. Even the French B team, the C team, the D team would be able to go and do good things at this tournament and should be able to beat Tunisia no matter what sort of 11 they put out. They should win 2-3-0. How do we think the other two games will go in Group C? So we've got at 6am tomorrow, Argentina versus Poland. Tasty game. Tasty game. This will be very much like the Poland Saudi Arabia game. Attack against defence for the majority. Argentina's going to have a lot of the ball. It's just whether they can get that real cohesive performance together. I haven't seen it from these two games that they don't look like a team. They look like a team full of individuals that are trying to create their own magic moment. And yes, we had a couple in this tournament, the likes of the two goals against Mexico on match day two, but they're just not cohesive as a unit for mine. And they need to be to get something to break down this Polish defense. I I think I might tip this one as a draw, to be honest. I might go... uh, could be a nil-nil, but I might go for a 1-1. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a suspicion Argentina will just shade this one, but I wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw. How how about um, Saudi Arabia and Mexico? I think Mexico are obviously uh, cooked, uh, but um, the Saudis need a win here. Yes, the Saudi Arabians do absolutely need a win, and if they do win, it is uh, entirely down to them. It doesn't matter what happens in the Argentina-Poland game, and this group is so finely balanced. Um Winners go through, it seems as though, barring some goal difference shenanigans. Uh, when you start factoring a draw, it gets all all over the place. This one's going to be a great watch. Hopefully, the the people watching here in Australia are not too disheartened if it goes wrong and can uh, get themselves up for these 6am games because they are going to be worth the watch. And honestly, all four of these teams can still go through. I think Mexico is a bit of a longer shot. They need to pick up a win here against Saudi Arabia. They can do it. The Saudis look too strong, though. In both games, even though they lost badly to Poland, they did look really strong in that game. And I do think, based on what we've seen from Mexico, that the Green Falcons will be able to soar into the round of 16. So just to recap uh, our tips for tomorrow, Australia? I'm picking a one-all KG draw. One-all draw? Okay. Uh, And France win? French win. So we'll have France and Australia going through from Group D. And Argentina, Poland, you're saying a draw? Yes, nil-nil or 1-1 doesn't really make a difference, but... And I'll say a win. So that'll put uh, Argentina on six points. And we're saying Saudi Arabia versus Mexico. I'm saying a Saudi win. Yeah, same. Same. So we'll have Argentina and Saudi Arabia going through on six points each. So it would come down to goal difference in that in that case. Getting into the list of tiebreakers here. Hopefully we won't need fair play, but a potential tie between France and... Perhaps Argentina, perhaps Saudi Arabia, and potentially Poland against Australia, as we were alluding to a bit earlier. Looking forward to it, Nathan. Looking forward to tomorrow's matches. Really exciting. It's coming thick and fast now, and we've had two groups decided, and they were high on drama, and that's going to maintain all the way through this match day three as we round out the group stages. Thank you very much for joining us on the Daily Doha this morning. Thank you, Lazarus, for joining me. Uh, Do check out the socials at the back peg, and... Thank you for leaving all your feedback on the socials or on wherever you get your podcasts as well. We love seeing the reviews as well. Fingers crossed we can get into the charts before too long. That'd be fantastic for us to see. Thank you once again for joining us. I've been Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gramos. Go Socceroos. Take care all. Go the Socceroos. Socceroos.